You're listening to a podcast from gravitychurch.com, Lodi, California. You see this timeline of all the events that happen in life. You see them go from teenage and adolescent mistakes and doing things they, they wish they wouldn't have to getting married, to having children, to going through financial crisis, to going through all of these different things, all in a, in a timeline. Now, I, I told you that, that Rebecca, the first time, when she came and she, she shot this video, she, she really, I mean, literally opened up every closet in her life. And after she had shot that video and she called me the next morning at 6 a.m. freaking out saying, I can't do this, I can't go through with this, what she began to tell me, actually she didn't know us, but I wrote down a couple of the quotes that she said to me that morning. She says, I find myself now thinking about things in my life that I have tried so hard to forget. She also said, I didn't know how much I had inside of me that I've been hiding. Now, what we saw up here was a very sanitary, G-rated version of what she told us that first day. All of us in this room have a story to tell and have been through situations in our life. And the thing that I wanna pull out for us all to see today is that we are all a work in progress. A few weeks back, if you If you were here, you heard me sharing some scripture that talked about the fact that sometimes our past is pulling on us like this and we're trying as hard as we can to just get away from our past so that we can move forward in life because the things that that we did or the things that we were, the things that we were a part of, they're they're like anchors around us and they just hold us back from moving forward. And we talked about the fact that that one of the guys in that wrote several books in the Bible, Paul said, I'm just forgetting about what's behind me and I am straining towards what is in front of me and I am just focusing on that as hard as I can. And today I want to talk about the normal process that you and I go through when we come to Christ. You see, because every one of us has things in our past that we wish we could forget. Every one of us has things that we can look back on and say, I really wish that I never would have done that. But I want you to see some things in Romans chapter 1. Verse 16, Paul says here, for I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. When we come to Christ and we begin this this unbelievable relationship that we have access to because of Jesus. We come as we are. We don't get to fix things first. We don't get to prepare ourselves. We come as we are. And when we interact with him and when we, when we meet him, when we are introduced for the first time into that relationship, everything changes. Everything looks different. And as we begin to experience this new freedom and we begin to experience this new life in Christ, we begin to feel things that before we never could feel. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says this. Whatever we do, it is because Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for everyone, we believe 
we also believe that we have all died to the old life we used to live. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live to please themselves. Instead, they will live to please Christ, who died and was raised for, for them. What this means is that those who become Christians become new persons. They are not the same anymore, for the old life is gone, a new life has begun. Now, when we see this and we feel this, there's all kinds of emotions that start to happen in our life. There's all kinds of things that we start to deal with. But the very first one that has to be dealt with is what do we do with ourselves? What do we do with who we are? What do we do with the lifestyle that we lead? What do we do with the mistakes that we've made? This new freedom, this new ex experience of forgiveness, this, this lightening of a load that we've been carrying around in our life changes everything and our perspective begins to change. And so we have to look at our life. We have to say, what do we do with this? And when we see scriptures like this and when we meet people in our lives that look different, we meet people who don't have that same heaviness. They don't have that same regret and shame that they've carried with them. We want that. We want to be like that. And so we begin to take steps toward letting go of our past and moving forward in God. And he says right here in the Bible that we literally become new persons. We become new. And so this, this metamorphosis, this process that we're all in starts to, starts to unfold in our life. But then, after we've been at this a while, we come back to this place that many of us are at right now that Rebecca was at that first day when she shared from her heart with me on video what happened in her life. We come back to this place again where we literally have to look back and we have to say, God, look at where I've come from. Look at what you've brought me out of. But then we have to look back and we can't forget where we started. We can't forget our past. Matter of fact, some of us need to take a step back in time, all the way back to where we were at the day that we met Christ. And we need to look at our life and we need to say, just like Rebecca said, what are the things in my heart that I have been hiding from, that I have been trying so hard to forget? Because when you find those things, you have found your story. When you find those things, and you remember what Christ has done for you, you now are in the place where God says, I've got something that needs to be told. Are you hiding from your past? Are you hiding from the person that you used to be when you met Christ? I know that we all deal with this. I know that for me, being raised actually in this church, there's several of you here today, right now, that knew me when I was a little brat. I could use some foul language to describe myself, but I know that some of you wouldn't like that too much, but we all know what I'm getting at, right? I became somebody else somewhere along the way. I began to become more and more like Christ somewhere along the way. And one day, they were starting a Christian high school here in Lodi called Jim Elliott. And I got a call from a guy that I knew really well, and he said, Jason, we need some help with the music. We're just starting this school up, and we need, we need somebody that can come in 
and donate some time every week to help do our chapel services. And I said, okay, I'll do it. At the time, I was working construction framing houses, so every Wednesday morning, I'd get up early, I'd go do chapel and change clothes and go to, go to the job site. But I remember interacting with some of the teachers for the first couple of weeks that I was there because they hadn't known me since I was in high school, and there was a lot of changing that had happened since high school. And I remember the skepticism. I remember the feeling of regret because all they remembered of me was this rebellious punk kid who walked around looking for trouble, who didn't listen to anybody, who had a chip on his shoulder. And I remember hiding in my heart from them because I didn't want them to judge me based upon who I used to be. Held me back, kept me in fear, made me not be who I really was. And some of you here, you can't be who you really are because you're hiding from several things in your life that God is wanting to bring out. Check out what 1 Corinthians 1.18 says. I know very well how foolish the message of the cross sounds to those who are on the road to destruction. But we who are being, rec- being saved, we recognize this message as the very power of God. Do you realize how foolish it sounds to a lot of people what I'm saying today? Own your past. Don't run from it. Don't hide from it. Know that your past is a part of your story and that God wants to redeem that part of your life to make something beautiful. You know how silly that sounds to a lot of people? Yet to us who are living it, yet to us who are experiencing it, it's the craziest, most awesome thing in the world because only God can do that. Only God can take a person who was raised in a dysfunctional family with alcoholism and abuse. Only God can take a person who had no hope of ever financially being a successful person. Only God can take a person who has every strike against them and can pull them out and through his redemptive work on the cross say, I'm going to give you a brand new life and then take them into places that they never dreamed possible. Only God can do that. Only God can take a marriage where two people are at odds with each other and they hate each other because of what life's brought to them and they can't find anything, to, anything in, uh, peaceful in their marriage and in their relationship. Only God can come into the middle of that turmoil and settle the storm and bring something beautiful out of what's left. Only God can do these things. I could go on and on and on as I would just look around this room and tell your story. Only God can do that because Jesus makes everything new. Jesus makes all things new, including your story, including your past, including your shame, including your regrets, including the horrible things that you and I have done. Jesus makes all things new. And when you read this book and you begin to understand that, you read the story of Paul, the guy that wrote almost the entire New Testament. This guy used to kill Christians. He hated them. He walked around looking for opportunities to take big rocks and crush their heads in. That's who this guy was. And yet his horrible past as a murderer became something that he used to show how big God is. God makes all things new. Don't hide from your past. Don't allow anything in your life to be wasted. 
Don't allow any decision that you've made to go back, to not go back and look at it and say, God, even this, can you even do something beautiful with this that I've been hiding, that I've been living with shame and regret? Yeah, he can. He can. You see, what Rebecca went through that day when she called me is the most beautiful, normal thing that ever could have happened because she trusted God and she said, God, I'm going to go ahead and open up my heart and I'm going to say the things that are inside of here. And afterwards, she dealt with very real, normal emotions of what the crap did I just do? I can't believe I said that. I can't believe that this stuff's inside of me. I just can't believe what it, and the ramifications and what are people going to think and oh, the people I've talked about, all of this stuff. But you know what happened after she got it out? She was ready to do it again. She was ready to do it again. She's like, Jason, I want to do it again. This time, I just want to keep a few names out of the story. That's what happens in our lives when we begin to share our story. If you go to our website, gravitychurch.com, you'll see Rebecca's story up there. You'll also see a few other stories that we put up there. One of the stories that you'll see when you, when you go there is the story of Vince. Vince is at the soundboard. Put your hand up, Vince, so everybody knows your beautiful face this morning. Vince and I have been friends for a long time. And Vince is somebody who I, I got to see his journey with Jesus almost all the way through it when he became a Christian and to where he's at now. As a matter of fact, Vincent KT, his, his beautiful wife, was the very first wedding that I ever performed many, many years ago. We've, been, we've done life for a while together. Vince let us shoot a video of him and let him tell his story on video. And as he began to unload and on video began to tell the things that he had been through, the drug addiction, the homelessness, the abuse, the lying, all of the things that he had done as a person, we put it all together and we put it in video form and we showed it here at the church and then we put it up on the website. He told me last week, he said, you know, since that video has been up, he said, it's opened up doors in my life that were never opened before. He says, my kids have, have watched this video and have seen my story, and now they ask me about it. Now they want to talk about things that they never would have talked about before. He tells me of his kids' friends who are telling their people, look at my dad's story on the video, and the doors that God is opening in his life. Because when we are bold and we begin to step out and be able to say, God, I believe that I'm a new person. I believe that you have come into my life and you've made all things new. I have nothing to be afraid of anymore. If this is true, that we're new people because of Christ, there's nothing in my past that I have to be afraid of. Isn't that right? Nothing. We were all a mess. We were all a mess at doing this thing called life. We all made bad choices. We all did things that weren't right. It's the beauty of the message of the Christ, of the cross that Jesus can make all things new. Let's pray, and then we're going to worship God this morning. Lord, I just thank you this morning that in you, we find hope. In you, we find peace, and in you, we find ourselves. In you, we find everything that we need to live the life that you want us to lead. Open our hearts up in worship as we begin to just allow you to come in and be in our hearts again. 
God, I pray that this would not just be a time of, of singing, but God, that this would be a time where you would meet with us and you would begin to unfold in our hearts and in our minds our story and how to share that story and how to be real with ourselves, be real with you, and to be real with the people in our lives. And so, God, I just pray that for the next several moments as we worship, as we take communion together, as we give, that, God, that this would be a time of reflection and, God, a time for you to speak to us, a time for you to begin to pull up inside of us things that maybe we have tried so hard to forget. But, God, that as they come to the surface in our lives, that we wouldn't just let them be there, but, God, that we would take the next step and we would do something with it, God. And I just pray that all across this room, God, as we open ourselves up, God, that you would then begin to take these burdens and take these memories and take these feelings and release them from us. Release us from the fears that are attached to them, the shame that's attached to them. And we would begin to lay them at your feet, God. Just as Rebecca said in that video, God, every worry, every fear, we would lay it at your feet. So God, just come and be in this time with us. You come into that place. You come into that place of the real, of the genuine. And that's where you meet us face to face. So God, I just thank you that you're doing soul work today, deep soul work. It goes all the way down to that place, the secret place. And God, I just ask that you would it happen in me as I offer my heart completely to you, completely to you. I believe that there's some of you here today that you walked in carrying something, some kind of a heavy load, and you want more than anything to leave it here and not have to walk out with it. And if that rings a bell, if that's what you're feeling right now, I just want to give you the chance to just let it go. If you want to come down here, Somebody will come and pray with you. They'll meet you right where you're at. If you need to kneel down at your seat and just have a moment with God and let him take it, he's the one. He's the one that'll take it from you. But don't walk out of here with it. Whatever that thing is, don't walk out of here with it because you don't have to. You don't have to. There's freedom. There's freedom. There's lightness in Jesus. There's joy. There's smiles. There's happiness and fun. You don't have to walk around with that heaviness, that load. You don't have to. Before we leave here today, I just wanted to take a minute and I wanted to share with you all um, some of the things that are happening here at Gravity Church. Um, one of those things has to do 
with our weekly food giveaway. Every Wednesday night, we come down here, or actually not here, we go out to his place out in Victor, and we gather up food boxes, and we take them out into neighborhoods, and we go door to door and ask people if they need any food right now during this economic downturn. Some people do, some people don't. But if they don't need help, they usually point us to a neighbor and they say, but they just lost their job, go and give them a box of food. And it's an amazing time for us to just be able to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to be able to go out into our communities and try to help them because they matter to us and because they need help and that's what God wants for us to do right now. So if you would like to participate, there's three, three ways that you can help us. The first way is you can contribute financially. There's a pink trash can out in the foyer that has a little slot on the top and you can drop your cash donations or checks in there. And every week we take that money and we go to a local food bank and we purchase food for pennies on the dollar. Five dollars will buy a box of food that will feed a family five or six meals. It's incredible how far five dollars will go at the local food bank. So if you have that in your heart that you wanna contribute, we do this every single week. The second way that you can help us is that you can help to distribute the food on Wednesday nights. We need people to come. It only takes an hour of your time. We're usually done about seven o'clock to show up, to help us box the food up, and then we go into the neighborhoods and we give them out. It doesn't take a long time. One of the things that we've talked about, and you can give me some feedback if this would help you, but six o'clock seems to be too early for some people to get off work and be able to get there. So we're very seriously considering moving it to seven o'clock. Um, it's still plenty of daylight and we can still go out and do what we wanna do. So if that's something that may help you to fit that into your schedule, um, please let Sean or myself or Vince or Danny know, and we definitely will, will think about possibly starting that at seven o'clock. But the third way that we really need your support is we need you to pray. There are several of you, when we did our response cards on a, several Sunday mornings, put down that you feel called to prayer ministry. And one of the things that we are getting ready to start is to start formalizing the way that prayer happens in this church in the form of weekly prayer gatherings and different things. But please pray for us going out on Wednesday nights that God would open doors for us to be able to be in the right place at the right time. It's very serious what we're doing. Some people think it's, it's a waste of time because you know people will take the food and it doesn't have any kind of spiritual impact. But I, I disagree because I've seen the look on their face when we say, we wanna give you a free box of food with no strings attached. And when they say, I can't make a donation, and I say, that's okay, we're not looking for one. And they say, well, what do I have to go do? Nothing, you don't have to do anything. We wanna just help you because we know people need help right now. And when they begin to see that gesture with no agenda and no strings attached, and I'm not even inviting them to church and I'm not even telling them I'm a Christian, I'm just offering somebody that needs help, something that will help them. They drop their guard, they open their heart, and sometimes they even invite us into the house. I'm not really, haven't, I've struck out on that, but Vince seems to get invited to people's houses all the time. It's, I don't know what the deal is, but man, I always get the ones looking at me saying, I don't need no help. And Vince is like, oh, thank you, come in, help me. You know, praying with people and stuff. I'm just like, man, I gotta go with Vince. So one of those three ways you can fall into that category. Every Wednesday night, we need you to either be praying for us, to be out there helping us give the food or on a weekly basis making a donation to make sure that this ministry continues to go forward. That's the first thing that we really felt that God asked us to do when we came here. 
The second thing that we really felt was that God asked us to start a Saturday night church service. And this is something that we have been praying about for a long time to find out how is this all going to look, God? What's it going to take? How are we going to do this? And I'm excited to announce that October 3rd will be our first Saturday night service here. We're going to be doing it. <clears throat> We're going to be doing it right here in this, in this location, in this building. And our Saturday night services are going to consist of three separate things as well. The first component that Saturday night's going to have is it's going to have a meal or food, which I know all of us can enjoy and appreciate. But our, our idea is to have people come early and enjoy food together because there's nothing like getting to know somebody over having some food with them and being able to share life with them. And so we're going to be doing some work on this place to prepare downstairs so that we can have food gatherings down there and create an environment that's comfortable, that's, that's uh, a place that we all want to be and hang out and have food together. And so you have a chance to help us with Saturday nights if you're in the food category. We need a lot of hands. We need a lot of help. We need a lot of participation to organize it, to plan it, and to implement it. That's the first part of Saturday night services. The second part is actually going to be our worship service. Just like we do on Sunday mornings, we know that there, on a Saturday evening, it's going to be a night that we're going to be able to have extended times of worship because people aren't beating the clock to try to get out the door and, and get on with their Sunday afternoon events or trying to get prepared on a Sunday evening to get ready for work and school the next day. Saturday nights are a night that there's usually nothing going that prevents them from being able just to relax and just enjoy what it is that, that they've come to participate in. And so we see Saturday nights being a night where we can just kind of let our hair down and really enjoying God's presence in an extended fashion. And of course, Saturday night in the worship services, we'll continue to have our communion time, continue to have all of the ingredients that we see here on Sunday mornings that has begun to shape our culture and our atmosphere here of openness and of acceptance and a place that hopefully you can come and bring somebody with you that you don't have to be worried that they're going to be scared when they walk in the door by all the church people. We're nice here. That's one of the other things is we're nice people and we really want people to feel the genuine love that we have for them because they count and they matter to us. But the third part about it that we're excited about that we're still kind of strategizing is we're looking for a late night activity on Saturday nights that takes place after church. Um, if any of you were so fortunate to be here Thursday night of this last week, then you got to experience the loud ruckus sound of the hardcore bands that were going crazy up in this place. And I got to tell you, it's hard for them to have room to dance and to slam dance and mosh off of these pews, but they were trying. They were jumping off and doing their thing. It was a good time, and the, loud, the volume was turned up extremely, extremely loud. We see a whole lot more of that happening on Saturday nights. We want to bring in concerts. We want to bring in movies to be able to watch on the big screen. We want to be able to do different things that invite people to want to participate in the Saturday night, late night events. And so what I'm sharing with all of you is just a little snippet, a little glimpse of what's to come and how we're going to need you to want to pray and begin to offer your gifts and your lives to God. Because whether you realize it or not, it's Saturday nights are not for us. We're not doing Saturday nights because we in this room really think, oh, Saturday night's a great idea. Saturday nights are for that one lost sheep. Saturday nights are for the reason that God's called us to Gravity Church. Saturday nights are the night that we're going to pray and say, God, we're going to give everything we've got to go after that one lost sheep that you care about more than anything else. And the story goes that he left the 99 to go after the one. And we're going to go after that one. 
And Saturday nights is going to be hopefully a vehicle that God's going to use in his hand to be able to bring people through the door, open their hearts up to the message of God, and begin to start them on the journey that you and I are on right now of being transformed, a work in progress. So I wanted to share all of this with you because things are happening and we need your prayer and we need your support and we need your involvement. So over the course of the next several weeks, we'll be getting in touch with those of you that signed up to want to help with Saturday night and the planning of it. We're going to be doing some work on the building to prepare it. We're going to be, we've got a lot of things to do. And so just know that it's coming. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for all that you're doing. We are trying our hardest to keep up with you, but you seem to be running really, really fast. So God, give us the strength and give us the courage to follow after you. Amen. You guys have a great week, and we will see you next Sunday and hopefully Wednesday night. You've been listening to GravityChurch.com.